Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Helena Lee sleeps in a sandy closet in a one-room apartment in an unkept corner of California's Venice Beach. Her father, a charismatic surf rat by the name of Mickey, spurs her journey as an aspiring writer with an iconoclastic, absurdist view of the world. Helena conducts a season-to-season pilgrimage in and around the carnival beach life. Uh, observing the Bohemian locals and the hopeful tourists and the lost and forgotten who have reached the end of the map. We are joined today by the director of this wonderful film, The Ocean of Helena Lee, and that would be Jim Aiken. He's also the writer, director, shooter. He does everything on this film. Jim, welcome to Film School. Hi, Mike. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you for being here. Yeah, beautiful. Is it cleared up? Has the has the storm clouds passed over uh, Los Angeles yet? Um, you know, I haven't been outside today. I just sort of rolled out of bed a few minutes ago. Yeah. It's uh, mildly threatening. It's, oh. not, uh, okay. it's not terrifying. It looks like the ground is wet, so yeah. maybe it's passing by. I, w- yep. I would love to think that the, the premiere tonight, The Egyptian, will not be a torrent of rain oh no so. no you know you can i i i've been checking the weather and it's supposed to be on its way out of town so it'll be great right. and let, by the way while we're on that subject let's let people know that the film in fact is opening tonight here in los angeles and tell us a little bit about the, are you going to be there for the opening yeah okay. yeah i'll be there um we've got Ileana douglas and josh olson uh presenting the film then the film screens and they're going to do a q a with uh, me and some of the cast, and then um, my wife, Maria McKee, and band, and I'm actually in the band, I'm the bass player, co-write some of the songs. Uh, we'll play uh, for about 45 minutes, so it's uh, kind of a two-for-one night, but the film and Fantastic. the music. Well, so, I have to ask, is uh, is Tom going to be the drummer tonight as well? Tom, Tom is the drummer, and uh, yeah, he and I have been in the same band for, well, since we were in our early 20s, so okay. he's a hell, a hell of a drummer. So, Fant- yeah. Oh, fantastic. Well, what a great time. The Egyptian Theater, yeah. oh, what, uh, what's the screening times, just so we can get our... That, yeah, 7.30 tonight at the Egyptian. Okay. And then for those that can't make tonight, it's going to stay on the premises there at the Egyptian. It's actually going to screen in the Spielberg Theater for, for the next five nights. Right. The Spielberg is within the, the Egyptian compound. Right. And then the last night, uh, the 14th, will be at the Arrow Theater in Santa Monica. Fantastic. Yeah. No, I mean, I'll tell you, all the the theaters you mentioned, they're all really great theaters. They Uh, are, yes, definitely. And the Arrow is a wonderful older um, theater uh, right there, um, almost right on the coast there in Santa Monica. Yeah, Yeah, it's a a great old Art Deco theater. Yeah. has a lot of history in it, so. Well, well, let's, let's get right into this, okay? So how did the story of the Ocean of Helena Lee come to you? What is this, where, what's the genesis of this film? Yeah, it's um, and it's based on my my young life in Laguna Beach, um, and I've I've been wanting to, uh, this is my second film, mm-hmm. um, but I've been wanting when I finished my first film, I uh, it just was sort of the priority, and it was a story that I wanted to process. You know, it's a, it was a, a hugely painful chapter, but also full of so much um, life and you know 
love and color and texture and insanity and uh, just a very stimulating time. Laguna Beach in the sort of 60s, late 60s, early 70s wasn't that far off really from Venice in a way in that it was kind of a carnival-like existence. I mean, it, there was, it was full of artists. It wasn't such a wealthy place that it is now. So um, I just kind of wanted to remember that chapter and process it, both for personal catharsis, and I thought maybe it would be engaging, um, certainly for certain personality types. So, um, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's but, your, interesting because I didn't exactly grow up in this area, but I did, I was in Laguna in the 70s and early uh-huh. 70s, and so... Uh, I understand exactly where you're coming from. In fact, I, we just had on uh, Doug Miller's, uh, there was a documentary about Doug Miller, the artist who's been documenting Laguna since probably the late 60s. Oh, uh, wow. Do you, I don't know if you've yeah. ever run into Doug or you know him, but... Uh, no, well, no, I don't. He's I been, don't. He's been taking um, a role. This is the kind I, of people... Okay. Yeah, go ahead. He's, it's the kind of person that was in Laguna at this time. He's been taking a roll of film every day since 1970-something, every That's day. Amazing. So, That's amazing, yeah. It's still, Laguna is still, I mean, as much as it's changed, it's still my one of my favorite places in the world. I mean, I've done quite a bit of traveling with my music career, and I just, I mean, I've been all over to the greatest beaches in the south of France and Italy and Laguna is just, uh, it's dreamlike. It's just like paradise to me. The, the whole of it, downtown, the south Laguna, of the coves, the clear water. It's just, it's this amazing little place. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't mind ending up there. So I'm, I'm with you on that. <laughs> well, well, let's talk more about the ocean of Helena Lee here. And, and again, uh, it centers on this 12-year-old um, w- young woman, I'll call her, on the verge of her teen years, questioning mm-hmm. so much of the life around her, the life she's already lived with the with the, her uh, the departure of her mother and mm-hmm. and her father and all of that uh, that goes along with that. And I guess it would be an impossible movie to pull off if you hadn't found uh, the right one, the right actor to play this. Tell us a little bit about finding. Um, Go ahead, Marana Bologna. Uh, yeah, she. Uh, you're absolutely right. I mean, it, it, casting is everything in a film. It's really. It's like. 90-something percent of it. So I was nervous about it. As I was writing it, I knew how important it would be. And so I started about halfway through the script. I, I spent about two and a half months writing it. Halfway through, I just poked around online. I just looked at some site. I didn't do a casting notice yet because I was just sort of more at the curious phase. So I went to this uh, site called Explore Talent and just typed in 12-year-old girl. And then there were hundreds of girls, hundreds of girls just looking, looking, looking. And a lot of them had reels and a lot of them didn't. But None of them were right until about maybe the eighth page, and I see three photos of Mariah, and she's at the beach, and she has that look in her eye, which is that complex sort of like she has multiple lives inside of her, like she's, you know, 50. She's 12, but she's actually, you know, much, much wiser. So she had this kind of buoyancy and weight and glow and sort of haunted kind of quality just in those three photos. Yeah. And uh, I sort of yelled up the stairs to my wife. I'm like, I think I found her. And there was no real, there was no acting, but just the look on her face indicated so much to me. So I just sort of put that down, got back to writing, and I wrote for the next month and a half or whatever. And then I posted a casting notice on LA Casting. And Mariah replied. Well, her mom actually replied. And so I was just amazed. So it took about a week to get get her over here to audition. They were quite busy, and it was just a little difficult connecting. And that was a nerve-wracking week. I was like, oh, no, have they changed their mind? So 
They come over, Mariah reads, I had to read the end monologue of the film, and she did it in such uh, a grand way, such a poetic way, that I, it was clear to me. She had the vocabulary, she had the, uh, the emotional vocabulary, and the sort of physical skills in terms of how she paced her delivery, how she used dynamics, how she used the tone of her voice, what she did with her butt. She was improvising the scene. Yeah. Halfway through, she was sitting on a couch, she just slumped back, in the couch, so like she was half propped up and delivered the rest of the scene in like a crumbled ball on the couch. It was just amazing. So she's just a full natural, and uh, I definitely could not have done it without her. Oh, it's, it's so much of the film uh, is told um, in well, a lot. This, I have go back some film references here, watching the movie. Um, your film has, uh, I, I, I called it ethereal, it's poetic, it's, mm-hmm. it, it feels, it feels much more European. It almost feels Truffaut-like in sort of a Jules yeah. and Jim sort of way. There's a lot of things going on here. And one reference that, that kept coming to mind was Linda Mance from, uh, Days of Heaven. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've actually had that, uh, comparison a couple of times, which is just amazing because, I, I'm sure you agree. Her character is so um, uh, potent and interesting and funny and sweet and sad. And, it, you know, there's just a lot. And there's such a rawness in Linda Manns. I mean, clearly she's not a trained actor. Right. She's just a character that's just very rich. So, well, and this yeah, I, really, really, I, I wasn't leaning on it as, a, as an influence because I hadn't seen that film for quite a few years. But when that was sort of thrown thrown out, I thought, I went back and looked at it. I went, oh, yeah. <laughs> It's there. So, well, and the, and the other reference, yeah, and the other part of that reference, not only is there sort of the very naturalistic performance on the part of Linda and as well as Mariah in this fi- in the film, uh, The Ocean of Helena Lee, uh, is that um, she's commenting on adults and in yes. many ways, you know, their their behavior and her trying to understand it and fit into the context of her own life, but she's also in many ways the most mature person in the story and and yeah. uh, I certainly yeah. I would certainly make that case with your film and yeah. you know and so there's a similarity in that trying to figure it out she's about the same age trying to figure out how she fits in what's happened to her and why and here she's surrounded by people who are exceedingly um careless in, in yeah. many ways so yeah and, and I think I mean I, I don't know exactly how that developed other than it could be as simple as just a natural reaction when i'm yeah. you know when i was in the presence of my dad we used to, i used to you know just we he was just like a crazy uncle essentially yeah. and as much as it was fun as a young kid i understood sort of the peril in it and there was a part of me that started to assume the kind of the cause and effect brain like i was trying to think stuff through and i was really starting to evaluate analyze people's behaviors is sort of an anthropological dig as a kid. And I, I, I guess that's just a genetic predisposition or something. I don't, I don't really know. But it definitely, being a, in a sort of a perilous um, habitat, it kind of causes you, or it can cause you, to kind of grow up early. Because yeah. maybe you're preparing, you're, you're, you're creating your own safety net at, you know, nine or whatever. You're just you're, you're gearing up a little bit. Yeah. So. Um, well, I want to remind our listeners, we're speaking with Jamaican. He is the director of The Ocean of Helena Lee, and it premieres tonight um, at the Egyptian Theater in Los Angeles. And as part of that premiere, 
Um, there will be a Q&A after the 7.30 screening, as well as a musical performance um, by Jim and Tom. And, but I'll say most importantly, how's that? Yeah. Uh, Maria totally. McKee will be a part of this. Maria is married to Jim, and uh, she's a big part of the film. She's uh, she's in the film, plays a pivotal role of the this presence, the motherly presence in the film, uh, and... Um, and also a, a remarkable musician and contributed music to the film as well. Remarkable musician in her own right. Um, Jim, you wrote, you wrote, directed, shot, edited. You did everything. This collaboration with Maria. Um, I want to talk about that. Uh, but mm-hmm. I also want to go back to a little bit about Mariah, just a little bit more about her and her mm-hmm. performance. Um, the writing of this, you wrote it. Obviously, you had the script prepared and ready to go um, when the film began. Were there yeah. any liberties that, were there anything that you incorporated into the film as far as writing the character because you felt so uh, connected to Mariah? Did it change or alter the, the direction of, uh, of the film in some way? Not, not, not with regard to the words, to the actual dialogue. I, I felt pretty locked in um, as much as, you know, getting to know Mariah and her capacity for expression, it, you know, it, it could have impacted, but it, it but it didn't. It felt like that the writing that I, I, I had was right. But okay. w- what Mariah did for me was getting to know her. I just, I saw very soon, uh, the first day that we shot, we did the, the easiest scenes because this was our first real film. She'd done a tiny little part in another independent film, and I just didn't want to overwhelm her. So we, we started in a real shallow end, doing some very simple scenes. And I just shot a lot of image stuff of her, just yeah. her being. Yeah. And I started to really pick up her again, her sort of lex- her face lexicon. Her, she would go from totally glowing eyes and buoyant, like she had seen the most beautiful sunrise in the world, to this haunted, sort of Vietnam thousand yard soldier stare that she had just seen the end of the world yeah. in the space of a few minutes. And I, I, I just started to pick up on that, and uh, that that was a huge uh, sort of education for me, just to see her. Her, uh, her range of expression. And it also influenced how I directed her in subsequent scenes as, as the scenes got more complicated. Mm-hmm. I never gave her really physical direction. I mean, a couple of times, but 90% of the time, I just said, here's where we are in the film. This is the general idea. This is what we're trying to communicate. Mm-hmm. And I would say in the, in the shortest way possible. And I wouldn't say, you know, you should do this, you should be standing this way. I just completely let her be free. And that that was definitely the correct method. Yeah. So less less direction was definitely better for her. I, I want to compliment you um, again on the uh, the you know the shot in Venice Beach. Uh, you know, obviously, a lot of time. The you and I have both spent a lot of time on the beach, so we. we I, I, I it's hard to capture the the sense of the sun and the relationship to the sand and. And that kind of the atmosphere uh, that it comes with it, the people who spend time, especially Venice, but even Laguna, the different kinds of people are there. And I really thought you did a great job of capturing that. In particular, that opening scene where she's walking along the boardwalk and it's a very sunny day. And I, I, it, I felt very much like I have felt walking along the, uh, that same, you know, path if you will yeah. it really can i just thought i just want to compliment you as a as a shooter uh in the in that regard i just felt uh, all, all throughout the film but 
and the particular that's, that sunshine. Thank you. Yeah. That, yeah, that feel. Yeah, it, it is. It is as as you know. It's it's um. Sometimes you'll be somewhere and you'll be in the middle of something very stirring or very stimulating or very beautiful, and yet sometimes it's hard to capture. It's almost intimidating trying to capture it yeah. through a little box with a lens and choosing the right settings and the right angles. Where do I put the camera? How much do I move it? Is it a wide angle? Is it a, you know, a, a, a long lens? How, how are we doing this? So two, two things. You, you definitely have to get lucky. And I think I did, but one of the ways I got lucky, I spent a full year shooting the beach. Okay. I mean, I just, the, probably nine months before I started riding it, I just would go down on, on my skateboard and yeah. just shoot, and just shoot the habitat. And from that, you know, I take the best few percent of the of footage. So, you know, you up your chances of being lucky if you're, if you're really diligent. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, that opening scene when she's walking down the boardwalk, what was interesting about that, when we got there, literally 20 minutes before that scene, was captured, it was totally socked in with a marine layer. I mean, you couldn't see 20 feet. It was just totally fogged in. And uh, the upside of that is it made Mariah's hair really curly. Yes. And I, I thought yes. it was much cooler looking than, than when she straightens it. So it was, that was just a lucky, a lucky weather thing. The frizzy so. hair and, and, and the yeah. wind blowing. And I, I tell you, it was the yeah. afternoon. It was the, the sun was, I can almost tell you where the sun was in the sky. Yeah. It just, it felt, oh, it, it felt like I was there to do it truly. Yeah. Do. Yeah. So. Thank you. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm really pleased with how the film opened. And that's as a filmmaker, the first few minutes are always the most stressful because as you probably can imagine, most people make the decision whether they're going to continue watching in the first 10 minutes or so. So there's a lot of pressure to make things flow and, and, and seem really inviting and layered. And so, well, yeah. I want to I go back. To, well, that was great. Uh, I want to go back and talk a little bit about, uh, by the way, we're speaking with Jamaican, the director of the ocean of Helena Lee. Uh, excuse me. And your collaboration, obviously a big part of this film is uh, the performance of uh, your wife, musician, Maria McKee, and collaborating mm-hmm. with her on the music and all of that. Tell me a little bit about the, your sort of w- how you work, uh, working off of one another. How, what's that like for you? Um, yeah, I mean, with regard to the music, it kind of is sort of three ways. I, I, uh, as I'm making the film, as I'm writing it and as I'm shooting it, I'm always playing an instrument. I, every single day I, I pick up the uh, acoustic guitar or my upright bass, and I just play. I play because I enjoy it, but I always have a little recorder nearby in case meaningful scenes are born. And so I'm recording everything. So by the time we're ready to score the film, I've got about 400 riffs or themes or ideas or songs or progressions. So that's like a nice pool to draw from. Maria also... Uh, she doesn't really work, she, she won't catalog the ideas in advance, but we'll just be talking about the film and we'll be looking at scenes and I'll say, you know, let's try this kind of feel, let's try this bass riff, start the piano with this bass riff and then let's move into another progression. Or she'll have an idea out of the blue. Or we'll just sit there and watch the scene together and then discuss, let's try this, let's try this, and we'll just play together. So it comes a lot of different ways, but it is, it is one of the most rewarding parts of the process is to watch a scene that you've worked on, writing, capturing, editing, you know, and then you add the music. And as you know, the music changes everything. Yeah. It makes things better or worse, depending on what you do. So um, it's, a, it's a really, as a musician, it's a really enjoyable part of the process to be able to capture the film and then score it. Wow. So, Well, it's terrific, and I, I, I don't want to leave out um, Maria's performance or 
presence in the film as as the the mother. I don't know wh- how yeah. far down the road of uh, spoiler alerts we want to go here, but um, I'm just going to say mm-hmm. it's a part of it. And 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 her, she's just a is is, is again a great presence in the film um, in that regard. She, yeah, she really is, and I I think it it does in part come back to an innate musicality. She has such a knack for rhythm and melody in all senses, basically her speaking voice. If you talk to her on the phone, she she's speaking songs. The, the rhythms, the notes, the pauses, the, the dynamics, she'll start quiet, she'll punctuate. And so her speaking voice, having such an innate musicality, really um, is an inviting element to her presence. It's yeah. very natural, and it's very... I think that's one of the key uh, things to, to an actor's sort of um, weight, is the musicality of their voice. Yeah. Um, without that, that's where the term wooden comes in. Yeah. If someone doesn't have the melody and pause and all of that, it's just, you disconnect because it doesn't, it's not, it's not, uh, hypnotizing. It's not mesmerizing. Well, and, so. and, and, and having l- listened to her work over many years, there's a, there is a gospel element to her singing. And I think part of that, part of the appeal of gospel music is the, the raw emotional um, feel that uh, the singers who sing it well are able to convey, and I think I, that's sort of a part yeah, of yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely, I think, a kind of healing quality in her voice. There's a, there's a redemptive, there's a built-in hope in the yeah. sound of her yeah. voice. Yeah, it's there's a lot of empathy in it. She's a very emotional person, and she does have a lot of empathy for everyone, and it, it just comes through. That kind of generosity comes through. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, it's it's something that struck me as I as an as an artist that I completely agree. Going way back, even to the very beginning, she always has been able to yeah convey emotion. Uh, yeah. And along with that, I think comes the empathy. And I, it's funny uh, on the show of late, uh, we've had a number of uh, musician turned artists. We had uh, 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 John McLean on last week uh, to talk about Slow West, a, a western that's uh, currently out and playing with Michael Fassbender and he's a right. he, he founded the beta band and he's a musician and we've had others on recently and they and I think the value that they keep bringing up is that when you work with the musicians you along with the uh, the sense of artistry and you know putting their best foot forward you get you get a, uh, the ability from them to sort of play along the music that you know yeah. the improvisational part of of uh, their, their that side of their their uh, personality works well on a film set if you find the right combination and uh, yeah absolutely absolutely everything is um, it's timing and it's dynamics and it's uh, pacing and it's just that sort of innate it's that intuition to know what to do yeah. and uh, yeah the natural musicians it's just Tom you know as playing the father in the film yeah. he's an amazing drummer. And his sense for timing and dynamics is, is just fantastic. Right. So it, it does it does uh, pay off. That's Tom Dunn. Just so we we haven't really talked about his role as Mickey too much, yeah. but he's, he's Tom great. Dunn. He uh, was born and raised in Huntington Beach, the Orange County guy. I swear, I must have run into you or Tom somewhere. I swear. I mean, because I, yeah, I I lived in I'm Huntington. Sure for, I lived in Huntington for eight uh, years, and uh, yeah, it, so. Uh, <laughs> Did you say you lived in Huntington? Yeah, I lived in Huntington for eight years in the early '80s. I was there when the oh, no. all the uh, sort of the punk bands were coming up. When when Main oh Street. yeah, I'm sure you've seen. We we came out. I mean, we were surfers as kids, and yeah. then we were all in punk rock bands in the 
yeah. you know, starting basically from 1980 through, through, you know, the mid 80s and then went into post-punk bands. And yeah, we've all played the Golden Bear and <laughs> yeah. we were in the same room. Yeah, Safari Sam's. Did you ever play Safari Sam's? Did you guys ever get over there? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Many, oh, yeah. many times. Oh. We, we used to go to a, before that, we used to go to all the punk rock stuff at the Cuckoo's Nest. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, we we shared was... a beer or two somewhere along the line there. I'm sure. I'm sure of it. Oh, so. yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, 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 thank you. I, I've, I've kind of taken you past the hour, top of the hour here. I, uh, but I want to thank you so much for, for being on here, Jim. Uh, Jim Aiken, the uh, director, writer, editor, man about town for the film uh, <laughs> The Ocean of Helena Lee, um, opens tonight at the uh, Egyptian Theater. And once again, tell everybody about the, uh, the, the, the premiere tonight. Yeah, the premiere at the Egyptian, 7.30 tonight in Hollywood on Hollywood Boulevard. Um, the premiere of the film, followed by a full set uh, with Maria McKee, doing some of her you know, solo songs in conjunction with some of the songs in the film. Uh, and then after that, an additional six nights through through the same uh, through the American Cinematheque. Uh, so if you know, if you just Google the Ocean of yeah. Helena Lee, yeah. all of that stuff comes up. But uh, yeah, would love to to see you guys tonight. Whoever can make it, that'd be great. All right, Jim. Well, thank you. All the best to to you. Success for the Ocean of Helena Lee, and also future films. Uh, I look forward to uh, having you back on. Thank you. Great. Yeah, it's been a real pleasure. Thanks so much, Mike. Thank, thank you. Take care. Okay, bye-bye. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. 